hotties, we're back Hi. with our ninth episode of Introvert City. Ninth one. Yeah, it's very exciting. I think when we started all of this, you know, we were uneasy of the direction that it was going to go, and we're still here consistently doing episodes every week, and it's just so much fun. We love it. Yeah. How's your week it, been? It is Beth? a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. My week has just started, but my weekend was pretty pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh you you came over on Thursday. We watched a really funny movie. Yep. Um, uh, if you guys ever heard of the movie, so I married an axe murderer. It's a good movie. It was really good. It's it's cute. Um, <laughs> I liked it a lot. Um, my we went to church. Was really good this week. Um, yeah, it was a good week. Mm-hmm. It was a good week. It was a great great weekend. <laughs> <laughs> You're struggling with you? small talk. That's okay. How about you? I my week was pretty good. Um. I don't really remember much of it. It's kind of a blur at this point. It's I'm now in my third week of the spring semester of, of mm. school, so kind of getting in the swing of things, but it's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, to I always hear. look forward to Mondays for recording this. Mondays, honestly, every now and then, like on, on Saturday, I'm gonna be honest with you, like Saturday, I freak out a little bit. Really? I have like a te- like a five minute like little freak up here where I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> with like, our with our show, yeah, I'm like, what are, what are we doing? Like, like, what if what if everyone just stops listening? What if what if like, I get like I freak out like every now and then. Mm. Just like it's like a really small thing. Like on like at like seven o'clock on like every Saturday, I'm like, bro, what even is a podcast? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can say I've experienced that with some things. I don't know if I'm like, oh, what if people stop listening? What if it's pointless? What if this was that? Like, I just enjoy doing it. I try not to think about it too much because I am an overthinker, and so if it goes too far then i just freak myself out and i lose touch with reality so i try not to let myself get there yeah and usually once you once we sit down and put the headphones in it doesn't it just flows you know yeah so a lot of times we don't plan it like we come up with the topic idea the day of and we're like we're feeling passionate about this let's talk about this today you're yeah (laughs) (laughs) but for the past couple well not the past couple of weeks last week we did begin a new series called the introvert city testimonies Mm -hmm. basically we just want it to consist of our upbringings um, how we came to the faith and you know lessons we learned all of that good stuff Um, we're trying to be as open and honest as possible while also you know saving some stuff for future episodes some surprises and things like that. So last week was my episode, and today we are recording Seth's episode. Yeah, how this are you episode feeling? Episode is a. Uh, this is my episode. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a little nervous. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I was I was kind of thinking about this all weekend because there's a lot of stuff that I want us to talk about, but also I just don't know like what I what what to talk about. I I, I didn't really know what my main focus of today was gonna be, mm-hmm. what the main purpose of my story and my testimony was gonna be, but. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll just go with out. the flow. A testimony has so many components. And like I mentioned, if you leave stuff out, I can guarantee it'll come out in future episodes. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. So I just kind of want to start with the question that you asked me last week, which is how did you see God in your childhood? What was your childhood like? What are some stories that really impacted you? Okay. Um, as a kid, God was always kind of there. Like... I, I, everywhere I went, God was always there, mainly because, you know, on Sunday mornings, my father was preaching and my mother was leading worship, you know, and my sisters did pantomimes. We were involved in Sunday school, you know, like uh, there was church during the week. Um, my dad was always at church during the week. So 
church was kind of very important in our in our lives when we grew up. Um, a lot of a lot of things that we learned, a lot, a lot of our a lot of our fun came from church. Like a lot of our friends, a lot of people we talked to were from church. So as a kid, my whole life really was church. It really was that building that that uh that the idea of church and God and living for Christ. Uh, even though I would say at the time I didn't fully really understand it, I also think that because of of the way my you know the way the, how important, or at least you know, the pastor is important, but God is really the most important part of the church. But how important you know I, I saw my parents were in the church. I felt like I was royalty because you know. Uh, I feel like when you're a pastor's kid and you're in a church, you can do whatever you want. You feel <laughs> so. It's like you know, I, I I was I was a kid. I was not necessarily like I wouldn't say that I was the most well behaved kid, but I did believe in God, and I would say that I was a very stubborn little kid because I hated kids that did not like believe in in God. I couldn't stand it when other kids didn't believe in God. I thought it was ridiculous. Why do you think you felt that way? Do you feel like that was the fault of like leaders in your life or people who had taught you? Or do you feel like that's just a natural thing you've always felt? Well, I grew up in the Pentecostal faith. So the idea of being a believer is rough. Like you, you know, you believe like in hell firmly. You, the, the, the sins you believe in are, you strongly believe in that, you know, and it's very like strict a very legalistic type of denomination, um, even though they're, you know, it's very charismatic with its worship. And I still let lean Pentecostal on some things. But I would say that because of, you know, growing up in that legalistic side, there's nothing wrong with being Pentecostal, but leaning that, leaning to the more legalistic side of Pentecostal, I definitely just felt that I was better and you were below me if you were not a mm-hmm. Christian. Um, and it was crazy to, you know, to see kid, like seeing kids that weren't Christians. I always felt weird about it, even though I grew up around it. Like my, I never went to like private school or I never was homeschooled. I was always in public school, but it was still weird to me because at home, every meal we prayed, prayed before bed, prayed when we woke up. Um, my mother was always reading her word. My dad was always reading his word or my dad was always at church. And so I kind of felt personally that to see other people who weren't, who were Christ-like being the, like to see those people being the main people in my life and to see others who didn't really matter that much in my life who weren't Christ believers, I just thought they were lower than me. That's how I felt when I was a little kid. If I'm going to be completely honest, like I would ask kids if they were Christians, someone would tell me no and I would be like, that's ridiculous. How, I can't even believe that. How, oh my how, gosh. Like, uh, yeah, but however... I definitely do feel that I do feel that part that part of me was still an innocent little boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do still feel like I was a very um even though that, you know, we'll get into that later, but I did I did quite a few things when I was a little boy. Uh I still I still very much loved going to church. I liked my church friends. I liked the food at church. <laughs> See, growing up in a Hispanic Pentecostal <laughs> church, you just get the best food. And, you know, you pick up that plate, you, you finish that plate off, it's dripping in oil. You know, you got good food. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but uh, I still feel like I had a good childhood. I just think that there, you know, I just wish that, um, I wish that as a kid, I wasn't as judgmental of other people. That's that's one thing I wish. 
Um, and I don't think that that's the fault of my parents, really. I think that's more of the fault of seeing other believers and my first instinct just being to think believers in my life are important, so they are what, you know, they're what's good. Non-believers, I don't have many friends who are like that, so they must be the devil, you know. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think you can really pinpoint whose fault that was. I think when you grow up in a kind of in a legalistic environment like that and you see people all around you, there's no other way to feel besides the way you felt. Mm. So, every every Christian walk involves a time when you go through trials or a big moment in your life where you really start to question and possibly deconstruct. When was that moment for you? Okay. Um Huh. Well, to go a little bit more into my childhood to kind of get to this, as a little kid, I was always very, I would say, rebellious um, as a little kid. I would never say I was as rebellious as some people I know. But uh, <laughs> um, I would still say that I had rebellious parts. Like I got in trouble at school a lot for doing things. I got into fights a lot. Um, I would get beat up a lot, you know, because I was like the bigger kid. So, you know, in Ohio, people, kids thought I was cool because I was, I was like a good looking little kid, you know, um, all the little girls thought I was cute and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I've heard lots of stories about that. You at the bowling alley. (laughs) But, um, I was definitely a kid that didn't always follow the rules, but that really ended up being, I think, a downside when I came to Lancaster. So if I can interrupt super quick. You were talking about you were getting, like, getting into fights in Ohio. Mm. Was that because of your, quote, rebellion or because of, like, being bullied or, like, can you elaborate on that part? I think I got a lot. I I think it was for both. Mm -hmm. I think for one, I wanted to just be, like, a cool kid, and I thought that it was cool to do stuff like that. But also, I did get bullied quite a bit in Ohio because of it. Uh, I had very, very long hair, which I loved. I love when I had long hair, but with that, you know, and being in the hyper masculine place that I was, kids bullied me a lot for having that long hair, called me gay, called me like a girl, called me some, you know, pretty rude uh, words that I'm not going to say here on like the, on, on, on the podcast. Uh, but it really kind of broke me and I have actually never gotten my hair that long ever again. And I think because of that instilled in me, I never wanted to get my hair long like that ever again. Uh, but, you know, and, and with that, with that bullying experience there, I was an aggressive little kid because I thought that I needed to be aggressive in order to, you know, get ahead. And, you know, that kids wouldn't bully me if I was aggressive. So when we first came to Ohio or not Ohio to Lancaster, I was still a very aggressive kid and I had anger oh, management issues. I was eight okay eight yeah I was eight and so I came here I had really bad anger management issues I had to go to therapy for a little while when I was in third grade I think but I came here and I noticed that not every kid was like that in fact there was barely any crime in Lancaster in the school I went to so it was a huge change for me it was a big change going from you know every single kid I saw was black or Hispanic to seeing like one or two black kids in my entire school, you know, like it, it was a, cra- it was a crazy shock. Um, and I felt very out of place at first. 
Um, and so I think because of that, I ended up taking my anger out on a lot of on a lot of other people by getting still into fights and getting in trouble, getting into detention. But that also kind of aided to my introversion. And a big reason for that, I think, is that when I realized that that wasn't how it was, and instead of kids fighting me back, they would just make fun of me, I realized that, wow, I'm not cool, and kids don't think I'm cool for getting into fights, so I guess I should just, you know, back off. And, you know, I gained weight when I came here to to Pennsylvania, and kids started making fun of me for my weight, um, and because, you know, I was Hispanic and everyone else was, like, white, I did get quite a few racial remarks about the way I looked, um, and it, elementary school, like, later elementary school was not a fun experience for me, mm-hmm. and early, like, middle school was just not a great time for me. I was bullied a lot for, in particular, my weight and being a very dark-looking Hispanic. Um, you know, kids would say that, like, I was, I was dirty, and my skin wasn't actually brown, that I was just really dirty. Um, kids would call me like a dirty Mexican. That's so awful. Always a bunch of like, yeah, always a bunch of border jokes, you know. Uh, I would get called chub, like fat by a lot of kids, that I ate a lot of donuts. Um, and so I kind of really, really, really f- got to myself. And I became very, very alone. And I think because of that, my relationship with Christ really suffered and it kind of became non-existent once I got into middle school. Um, and which is crazy because that was probably the most involved I've ever been with a youth group while I was in middle school. But because of that, I tried to fake it in church. I tried my hardest to fake it in church. I would try to do all these things with the youth group. I would try to act a certain way during worship and, and do all these things and, and be this great kid when in reality, I didn't even know what I believed. I didn't feel like I really believed in the gospel or I believed in the word. I just felt like I needed to still be a Christian because if I didn't have that, then what was I? You know, I was, I was a dirty kid, you know, who was fat, didn't have any friends. I was basically a loser. Yeah, that's what I felt like. And so I would tell people it's Christian and I wouldn't really feel it. So I don't know if that answered your question. No, yeah. It, it, the question was kind of loaded. Did you ever go to your parents with with these feelings or, you know, telling them about your experience with other kids or telling them that you feel really distant from God? I actually was very distant from my parents from a lot of this. And I feel bad because now, like, I wish I could have been a bit more vocal with them and I could have talked to them more because my parents cared a lot about Every time, like, like I would get embarrassed because every time I would talk to my mom about me getting bullied, she'd go to the school immediately and, you know, like, uh, she'd always talk about, are you being racist to my son? Is this some type of issue with race or whatever? W- w- you know, what is this about? What is that about? And she was serious. And at the time, I'd get embarrassed. I'd be like, Mom, why you have to make it like this? Why you have to make it this big deal? Because, you know, uh, when people, you know, kids are, are, are afraid of confrontation. Uh, especially introverts are afraid of confrontation. But um, now looking back on it, I'm extremely thankful for my mom and my dad for how, for how well they handled it and how, how aggressive they were for me to be 
like or not aggressive, but how how serious it was for them for me to have friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like uh, I think I, I I think about it, and I think that I could have said some stuff then, and maybe certain things wouldn't have happened if I was just honest with my parents at the time. Uh, but you know, you got to move on. You got to keep going. Back to back to that. I was not very vocal with my parents. I did not, and oftentimes I spent I started spending a lot of time alone, or I would go out a lot. Um, around this time, I, I I gained a good friend who really helped me through a lot of it. Uh, um, he's like my best friend. He's a great guy, uh, and we hung out a lot. And so my time was either spent hanging out with him or being alone in my room watching TV or watching and you're YouTube. You're in middle school at this point. I was like late elementary school, middle school, yeah. But around this time, I noticed too that even though I was fall like my faith was really non-existent, like I said before, I tried my best to keep really like constant in church. I was very like, I was very active in my rural rangers program, which I still love the the guys who were part of that. But one thing I noticed was that with my youth group, I really tried my best to get involved with that, but I didn't notice that that youth group was probably not the best thing for me to get involved with. Um, a lot of things happened in the youth group that I, that thinking back now, I'm like, why did I do that? What was the point? I, if I didn't believe, like I, like I, like things I said, that I did. did or things that were wrong with the youth group, things that were wrong and things that I did too, I think. Okay. Um, but there were a lot of things that I did there that I kind of wish that I hadn't done. Or that I didn't really understand why I did them. And so I had that very inauthentic, hackneyed, unoriginal, fake view of, of how of how I was supposed to be as a Christian, looking at other Christians and, and just taking what they were like and making it my personality, you know, taking what some random guy at a Christian convention said and talking about it as if it was my personal belief when I didn't even know what he was talking about. I barely even put my nose in the Bible at that time. Uh, and so when we eventually left, because it was it was a good it was good for us to leave. It was. Um, we found a new church called Journey, and it's a great church. But when we first came there, I had an overwhelming sense of, what am I doing? Where am I? Like I felt like I didn't belong. I was like I I I thought I was good. I thought I was a Christian. You know, I thought I was a good Christian, but I really I really wasn't. And. I fell into a really weird place for a couple years. Um, another thing that added to it was some issues that happened in my family at the time. Uh, and and uh, I won't get into that, but certain issues having to do with a certain family member did cause a lot of things to happen in my household that we're still kind of thinking about today. Um, but during that time, and after all the stuff in my house happened, after we left that church, and just all the feelings of getting bullied as a kid and having, you know, the issues I had in church and because of church and that youth group and the issues I had at home, I fell into a really bad place. I started doing a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have. Fell into certain addictions that were, that I didn't realize would haunt me for years afterward. And overall, I, I fell into a place where God was, I, I did not care if God was in my life or not. I tell everyone that I believed in God, but I, I didn't really mean it. God, I didn't feel God in my life. I didn't really give up a piece of myself 
for God at that time. And instead I was taking every quick pleasure and taking it on. And I didn't tell anybody about it. I didn't want to be honest with anybody about how I was feeling because I knew I was wrong. But I didn't care almost. I almost didn't care that I was wrong. Um, and so I'm in high, I'm in high school and, and I'm just feeling down. I don't really have a relationship with Christ at this moment. Yeah, and you're also at a public school, and we talked yeah. about the public school system in our yeah. last episode. Do you feel like that environment had a negative impact on you as well? Um, like the people you were around? or Middle school and elementary school, yes. In high school, not as much, but I did definitely get open up to a lot more things that did definitely still hurt the way I grew up. Um, and I started gaining friends that were not a good influence on me, and that ended up, you know, that end up now not even being my friends anymore. And I did gain some great friends, but uh, the, the friends who had a bad influence on me really had a bad influence on me. And I ended up doing a lot of things that I really regret doing, you know, now. Um, and I just wish that I was more vocal with the people in my life about it. Uh, but as I go on, it's about 2019, you know, COVID's about to happen. I had just gone through a really harsh time with a family member um, mm-hmm. and Things had, are starting to get back to normal, you know, in 2019 and 2020 where things are, I'm seeing like, oh, maybe this could be a good year. Things, good things could happen. And then of course, 2020 March hits and everything kind of stops. Don't bring it up. I can't even, <laughs> that time feels so long ago. No, I know, no, but yeah. it was, it did have a, as it did with most people, you know, it did have a big effect on me and of course. I began to I began to try my best to grasp onto something because I fell into a place where I was like, man, what am I going to do? I'm all alone. I don't I, I'm with my family, but I feel so distant at the same time. What am I supposed to do? And in that time, I started working out. You know, I started losing weight and I started getting more healthy, um, but I still was missing something. And I was like that way till about early 2022. Um, and once I got to early 2022, we had already been dating for a little while at this point, for about a yeah, year. Yeah, kind of skipped that. Yeah, <laughs> I, we'll talk more about it because we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll have our own episode. Um, but in this time, I, and this was the time where I start, you know, was starting to do my own music and stuff. But in early 2022, I really kind of started feeling God grasping me. I really did. This was, I think, the first time in my life that I really felt a strong tug from God. Uh, Interesting. So it wasn't during the pandemic. Because a lot of people will say that the pandemic either like made them build themselves up back again or it broke them even further. But you feel like you didn't feel any conviction from God during that time of isolation. Quarantine like brought me up and then plateaued me and then made me fall down again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was definitely some ups and downs during that time, I remember. Mm-hmm. But even when you met me at this time, it was like 2021, you still didn't feel very close to your faith. Or you did? I didn't. I still felt very far from it. In fact, I was only keeping it up because I didn't want us to break up. <laughs> I'm going to be truly honest with you. I was only trying because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to not have a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember we were talking on the phone and I was like, this was before we were dating. I was like, a deal breaker for me is 
like not being with someone who doesn't believe the same things as me. And you were probably and bro, like, that terrified me. <laughs> if I'm gonna be honest, uh, but I, but we kept going, and so I decided in 2022, I was like, okay, that's it. I'm gonna I'm a believer now. I gotta start trying. <laughs> so I started meeting with certain men from my church, uh, certain people from my church. I started going with her to Bible studies. Um, we tried to cut certain things out of our relationship that were harsh. Turns out a lot of the things didn't work out. And uh, we still had issues because I didn't realize at the time, but I was trying my best to do God's work without God. I was trying my, my best to put everything else first because I was saying that God was in front of it when in reality, God was the last thing on my mind. I just wanted to make sure that everyone else saw that I was being a Christian. I wanted to make sure you saw that I was being a Christian. And I didn't think about that until summertime. And let me tell y'all, last summer was terrible. <laughs> Straight up. Last summer was one of the, one of the, one of the ha- hardest times of my life. I think that was the hardest personal period of my entire life. I started switching from a couple jobs to a couple jobs, like like a couple jobs, in in and out of a couple jobs, and I started just moving from one thing to the other thing. And I was like, I kept trying to do things, and I went to a job that really didn't treat me well, that I didn't really get a lot out of, to go to another job that broke my spirit because of the hours I worked. Um, and at this job, I worked, you know, the overnight shift at, at the job I was working at, and it just took a harsh toll on my mental. And I remember I was just freaking out. I was freaking out. I, I would I would come home and I would like cry sometimes because of how I felt. I was like, is this going to be my life forever? Um, and I felt terrible. I felt really horrible because in my spirit, I saw you doing well, you know? And I was crying in a selfish way because... I wasn't really crying for myself. I was crying because I felt I wasn't be I wasn't doing it as well as you were. And that was a selfish thing and and looking back on it I'm it makes me angry, but I think I also needed to go through that anger so that I that so that I could get over it. You know? I needed to go through that harsh sadness and anger so I could get over it. But in that period I felt to a really low place. And during one shift, I started freaking out. It was like a panic attack. Yeah, it was harsh. It, it was harsh. I, I was in the aisles. It was it was like probably 10, 11 o'clock. And I was I was freaking out. And lunch was coming up in about two hours. And I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it to, to lunch. I was freaking out. And so I, you sent me a podcast. Um, and it was on this, uh, um, on this woman who uh, was a, she used to be a medium. Um, yeah, she used to be psychic. Yeah, she used to be like a psychic. Uh, and I remember I was listening to it because I was just trying to get anything in my head that would just get my mind off of the task I was doing. And I started listening to it. And, I and you know, at first I didn't feel much from it. I was like, oh, man, this is like an hour. How much longer left to go? <laughs> and But then she mentioned something, how when she became a Christian— and she came to Christ. She immediately left her old life behind. And she mentioned how that anyone in any circumstance, 
even when you're the furthest away from God that you feel you can be, that you can come back. You can come back and you can you can become a believer and that God is here for anyone, for anyone who needs who needs it. And when I listened to that, I kind of just, I kind of just, that moment really got me. And when lunchtime came, I started just, I went to my car and I started just, I started to just breathe heavily. I called you. Yep. It was like 3 a.m. Yeah, and I was freaking out. <laughs> That's the only way I can describe it. I, I was freaking out. I was like, I was talking to you. I was like, this podcast, it was so good. I can't believe it. I was like, I'm so wrong. And I'm, there's so many things that are wrong with me. And I want to get better. And I and I feel like I felt God's presence through it. And you were like, oh, because you were all, because <laughs> you were like tired. And so, but then I, then I was like, then I said, I remember I said, I need, said, I need to go. And I got off the phone and I just started crying. And like, I started just like, I had never felt like, I had never felt that kind of experience with God before an experience so spiritual. I just started crying, saying things that I didn't know what I was even saying. I was just speaking out and just saying how, how thankful I was. And it just felt like nothing I'd ever felt before. And that is when I think I truly became a Christian in my own life. Fine. And I had felt it because finally after years and years and years of of being such a pseudo Christian, being a person who, who lied about his beliefs to other people, who lied about his godly experiences, who lied about his experience as a Christian, I finally felt God's love. And I finally felt that, that spiritual experience. And it's something, and it's something that I, I immediately couldn't just let go of. And since then, I am just convicted. I'm, I I just have, I have a, it's just a strong, it's just, it's like a conviction that I have in my heart that this is, this is real. There is nothing more real than the love that I experienced that night from God. And I couldn't let it go. So I started reading my word. I don't know what happened. I started reading my word and I started studying I started praying. I started taking things seriously. And I realized that the number one main thing that God was telling me to do was to come back, to slow down, to come back and just just take my time. And so I did that. I slowed down. I took my time. I really put my face into my Bible straight up. I started talking to my parents about it more and I was open with more people and the friends I made were so much more important to me than they were before because of this, because of this, the, the thing that I had come to, the conclusion I came to, it, everything was so much more important now. And I finally realized in those months that I had missed out on so much. I missed out on so much, but I was thankful for the anger and the sadness and the grievance that I felt. I was thankful for being wrong. I was thankful for it because you know what? If you were perfect, if you were perfect and, and, and God, you know, if you were perfect and there was no God, right? But you still felt terrible, you'd have nowhere to go. 
but to know that you're wrong and to know that there is a God out there who is willing to forgive you and to and to take to take up your sins on that cross is such a comforting feeling because you know that yeah I'm not perfect I'm terrible I'm sinful but I still have somewhere to go and I'm not done there is something more out there and I don't have to be blind anymore Paul didn't have to be blind anymore the man who couldn't walk in front of the in front of the church when Peter came he didn't have to be he didn't have to have to not walk anymore these people didn't have to be blind anymore these people didn't have to be trapped anymore because they saw God because these people in 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 God's time and now because people come to Christ they don't have to be blind anymore and it's a comforting amazing feeling that I can't get anywhere else you can't make it up you can't and so that is my experience with God and that is what I say the moment that I became a true Christian in my in my eyes. That's incredible. I remember that phone call and I had just sent him that podcast because he he was like, send me anything you have. I just need to pass the time. And this episode was one that had caught my attention. And I had no idea that it was going to make you feel that way. Because in reality, what it was was just another woman giving her testimony. And that is what clicked for you. And so I think testimonies are so powerful because they can draw other people in so and it's crazy how how god will use little things like that to bring people to christ it's 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 insane mm-hmm. it's insane um i'm sure there's a bible story about it but i can't think of it well, Paul talks about it a lot so something that comes to my mind is in galatians when this is galatians 1 when paul is talking about other people glorifying God because of Paul's testimony and like the the multitude of people that got saved because of Paul's story. It's like we don't realize how much our stories impact other people who may or may not be listening. So Yeah. And I began reading through um like the New Testament and you know, people called the Pauline epistles which I used because I wanted to sound smart for a little bit. But then I had to stop because I almost like, Seth, you can't keep using that. You just want to sound smart. And I was like, okay, fine. Uh, but in Philippians, a, a great verse that that is just, that it, that just, it's a, it's a verse that a lot of people use, but it's so like, people just use it though because they want to say, oh, God gives me, you know, all this strength and stuff. But I feel like when you really look at it, it's different. Um, in Philippians 1, 6, uh, God says, and I am certain, or or Paul says, and I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. And I feel that people look at that and say, oh, uh, they'll use it as like a wedding verse or whatever, or some type yeah. of thing like that to be like, I love you so much. But when you look at it, you realize that you are not done yet. You're not finished yet. And that's good. And it is good. When God, when in Genesis, when God is, is making, is creating the earth and the heavens and the land, after every single thing he says, even though he's not finished with the entire picture yet, God said it was good. After every piece, it was good. And so to know that even though you, God can make you and it can still be good, but you're not finished yet, is incredible because you still have something to live up for. 
you still have something to go on with. There is still something more at the end on the finish line. It's incredible to think about. Yeah. That was so well said. Thank you for sharing that. So, Seth, you asked me this last week when I gave my piece. You said, what would you call yourself then and what would you call yourself now? Um, then I would have called myself a, um, an ignorant kid who lied a lot, who didn't really have good foundation in his faith, but really wanted to, but just didn't know how to, and instead faked his way to get there. And I would call myself now an imperfect person who is trying. I'm not God. I'm not better than anyone else. I'm not perfect. And that's okay. I would say that I am a follower of Christ. And I would say that God is important. And I love God. And I love being part of this faith. That was just so well said. I... This is really special for me to be able to share this series with you. Thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing all of your experiences. I know it's going to be impactful to a lot of people in the audience. It was so impactful for me just sitting here watching you speak. So thank you for that. Um, Next week, we are going to be giving a kind of double testimony. Can I say that? We'll be giving a couple's testimony. Yeah. Of like our story. Our story. So if you're into <coughs> lovey-dovey stuff, you can listen to that one next week. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually really excited for that one. Yeah. Um, I don't think I got anything else to say. Um, I do want to mention that we really do appreciate the support that we've gotten on this uh, show. Um, we love it. It's really a lot of fun for us. It's bonding for us. Um, uh, a lot of our friends listen to it and our family listen to it. It's a lot of fun to do this, and we really appreciate having you know a, an audience that listens every week and that is willing to listen and willing to give us feedback as well we just ask to keep for y'all to keep on pouring that out and yes. you know keep on messaging us on our on our please you know uh, I'm it's underscore Daniel mm-hmm. she's at Karina underscore b04 or you can follow our official Instagram account which is at the underscore introvert city mm-hmm. uh But yeah, we just want to say we're very thankful for all the people listening and praise God. (laughs) 